Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Well, we've made it. January and February felt like an entire year in and of themselves, and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel leading into March. Spring is coming, folks. You know how I know? Ash Wednesday was just last week, and for the next 40 days, we'll prepare to celebrate Jesus's resurrection at Easter. Growing up, the idea of Lent was always met with groans. I never liked the idea of giving something up, and after a while, pizza or fish sticks on Fridays got really boring. Easter was always my favorite, but leading up to Easter, no thanks. I think there's a lot that's misunderstood about Lent, especially from someone on the outside looking in. It just seems like a bunch of rules. Can't do this, can't do that. The joke I always heard around Lent is, oh, this year I'm going to give up giving up things. Everyone seems to know about abstaining from meat on Fridays and the personal sacrificing of things. What they may not know is why we are called to fast and practice self-discipline during this time. So let's talk about it. For all of my fellow number nerds out there, numbers have a lot of significance in the Bible. For instance, the number 40 is repeated throughout the Bible, usually signifying spiritual testing and trials like the 40 days of rain with Noah or Jesus's 40 days of fasting in the wilderness and the temptation that followed, or even the 40 years the Israelites spent wandering in the wilderness after the exodus from Egypt. As I've mentioned before, God likes to use our time spent waiting and 40 days or 40 years is quite a long time to wait. During that time of waiting, that time of preparation, he teaches us to trust him and to continue showing up, to choose good, even when it's not easy. In the Bible, after the end of all of those trials, those who trusted God were rewarded. The rain stopped and a rainbow appeared. The Israelites were delivered to the promised land. And after turning down all of the devil's empty promises, Jesus was ministered to by the angels. As I've gotten older, I've recognized the significance of sacrifice. I mean, Jesus gave up his life. The least I could do was to stop drinking soda and refrain from eating meat on Fridays. Now I'm interested in how I can effectively use this time spent waiting to actually grow closer to God. Today, we're going to dive deep into this topic of Lent and how we can make the most of these upcoming 40 days. So I've asked Father Paul Clark of St. Matthew Parish in Dolphin to help me make sense of some of our tradition and give us some best practices for a fruitful 40 days. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Sure, Rachel. Thank you for having me. So I am Father Paul Clark. 
I am the Judicial Vicar of the Diocese of Harrisburg uh, here in central Pennsylvania. I oversee the work and the ministry of our diocesan tribunal that deals not just with annulments, but is really the canonical arm uh, for the diocese. So I'm a McKenna lawyer. I, um, I was ordained for this diocese in 2003, ordained a deacon in 2002 by Bishop uh, Nicholas Dottillo, then ordained a priest by Bishop David Zubik, because Bishop Dottillo was ill at the time. So um, Bishop Zubik is now the Bishop of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but he was at the time in 2003 auxiliary and a friend of Bishop Dottillo. So uh, I've been a priest of this diocese since uh, 2003, and I uh, currently am the judicial vicar, and I'm also a pastor. So I'm pastor of St. Matthew Parish in Dolphin, which is a, a small little parish between between the mountains, going out 322 towards State College, just past Linglestown Road, Fishing Creek. The next exit is uh, Dolphin Borough, and I'm about a mile up the creek. And uh, I've been pastor at St. Matthew's, a wonderful parish with wonderful parishioners. If you're listening, hello. Uh, I guess I've been pastor for over 10 years, but won't tell, won't remind the bishop of that because I'm perfectly fine staying there for another 10 years. <laughs> uh, in addition to being judicial vicar and pastor, I am also the liaison, the bishop's liaison to the St. Thomas More Society, which is that group of Catholic uh, lawyers and, and judges and also law students and those in the law profession. And so um, the, uh, the liaison, so, and there's kind of their spiritual advisor and director. So I have a number of hats. I would say so. You're pretty busy. That's yeah. amazing. So thank you for carving out some time for us. I'm glad to. So as you know, Lent is coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> could, you, <laughs> could you talk to me a little bit about what is Lent and why Catholics observe it? You know, I, I think just in a general way, not necessarily defining it in an official way. I think for, for, for me, I think of Lent as a more intense journeying with Jesus. And, you know, journeying with Jesus to the cross, you know, journeying with Jesus through his passion, and then ultimately to the Paschal Mystery, you know, to the Easter event. But it's journeying with Jesus through sacrifice. It is uh, realizing that Christ has carried his cross for us and has made the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life for the salvation of of. Of souls and to open the gates of heaven, so I think land is, you know, the church says sometimes it's 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 our retreat, and it's a time to to really, through sacrifice, to deepen our love and our friendship with the one who has saved us. Now I know the Catechism you know gives a kind of an official definition of what days of, of penance are all about. And certainly, you know, Lent is a, a penitential season. It's a it's a more intense penitential season. The Catechism says, uh, Article 1438, the seasons and days of penance in the course of the liturgical year, Lent um, specifically, are intense moments of the church's penitential practice. And penance is sacrifice, right, which is difficult for us to to do these days. We don't want to sacrifice much of anything. Um, penance is sometimes a, a bad word. Uh, the Catechism goes on to say, these times are particularly appropriate for spiritual exercises, penitential liturgies, pilgrimages as signs of penance, voluntary self-denial, such as fasting and almsgiving, and, uh, and charity, fraternal sharing through charitable works and, and missionary works. 
So it's a, it's a very beautiful time. And I think it's a time that we need to kind of prepare for now. So Lent starts Ash Wednesday and it ends liturgically. It ends as far as um, the season on Holy Thursday. But the, the days of fasting continue until Holy Saturday. So Lent ends officially Holy Thursday, but it, the fasting goes on to Holy Saturday, which is the celebration of the, you know, the resurrection of Christ and the Easter, great Easter vigil. Uh, that's why a lot of times, you know, Catholics after the Easter vigil, they'll say, okay, well, the fast has ended and, you know, I can eat candy and you know, I can eat those things and, uh, and enjoy those things that I perhaps gave up. I think that, uh, you know, just Lent is a, a, a special time of, of grace that we need to know what we're going to do before we do it, before it, it comes upon us so fast. You know, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank. I watch it and I, I, I really like it. I, I get a kick out of those, uh, those sharks and, I think that uh, it's amazing how much people have sacrificed to get their business up and running and, and uh, you know, to live out their dream and just to see them often flourish and become millionaires. This is kind of cool. But, you know, there's the the one shark that is kind of the, the, the one that's disliked most among all of them that have appeared. And that's Mr. Wonderful, right? Kevin O'Leary. At the end, like when the person has multiple offers and they're kind of him hauling about, you know, what offer to take, you know, to, to take... Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, always says, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And that's kind of the words I hear before Len is, what are you going to do? Uh, or maybe better put, what are you not going to do? Because you you shouldn't be doing it. So we have to prepare. What What is my Lent going to look like? Because if you don't, and Ash Wednesday comes, you know, then it's Thursday and Friday, and it's oh, we're already in the Lenten season. So you got to think and pray about it. You know, how am I going to journey with Christ? How am I going to, with God's grace, draw closer to Jesus in this time of retreat, in this time of sacrifice? Right. So you touched on this a little bit, but can you explain to me a little bit how this period of preparation is different from the season of preparation in Advent? You mentioned it's a penitential season. Can you elaborate on that for yeah, me? Yeah, it's interesting that um, I, th- I think the origin certainly of this of this season is biblical. You know, we, we see Jesus after his baptism and as he begins his public ministry, he goes into the desert for 40 days. He's tempted by, by Satan. And, um, so Len is a, is a kind of like that is, it's a pattern. It's following the pattern of Jesus and through drawing ourselves by God's grace closer to Jesus, you know, Len is a time of pur- purging evil from us or vice, purging those things that, that aren't of God. So I think that's the origins of Lent is, is Jesus's um, temptations in the desert, his time spent in the desert as he's preparing for for ministry. And the early church certainly had too a, a period of fasting before Easter. So I think that that's where you know also the early church shows, and it, we're not sure that it was actually forty days, but um, by the time of uh, Nicaea and probably like around Saint Athanasius's time, Saint Athanasius in what three thirty nine I think says that the whole world meaning like the whole church, the church throughout the world, as he knew it, fasted for 40 days, you know, and it was, it was a mandatory, it was a mandatory thing. It is, a, Lent is more of a penitential season. It's interesting that the code, um, canon lawyer, as I said in, in the introduction, but uh, the code says that in canon 1250, that the penitential times and seasons are the following, and it says Lent and every Friday. Interesting, it doesn't, it doesn't say Advent, and the catechism echoes that in, in the 
article that I just mentioned in 1438, in parentheses, it says, you know, Lent and each Friday. Advent is more of anticipating, waiting patiently for you know, the the first coming of the Lord, the celebration of the Lord's birth, which, you know, we, we now liturgically call Christmas. I think that it is a, it is a time of prayer. You know, we have the three tenets or disciplines of, of, of Lent are, you know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I think Advent, in a particular way, I think we're called to, to focus on that prayer. But it's not really a penitential season. It has penitential overtones. I mean, we should, we, we should go to the sacrament of penance, you know, before Christmas. But, you know, we're not mandated to do it like we are like an, an Easter duty. I think it's, it's less penitential. It's less intense. Lent is a time of penance through sacrifice. So I think they have a, a very different, different character. And I think even the church, through the catechism and the law of the church, show that to us. You know, Lent, Lent is something that, from its origins, it has developed. I don't think in the beginning it was always 40 days, but it has developed into kind of an official penitential season that it that we are called to enter into and, and not really take lightly. This world is full of pleasures, and we partake of them all the time. You know, there is a is it Ecclesiastes, right? There is a time, you know, to to celebrate, and there's a time for you know for for sorrow. And um, I think Lent is a, not a time that we're necessarily sorrowful, because there can be joy in Lent, but um, it, it is a time to, to kind of step back and yeah, be sorry for our sins, and allow God to to dwell in us more more deeply. So we talked a little bit about how Catholics observe Lent through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We talked about this in my last podcast episode about prayer. Can you expand a little on fasting, what fasting is and what almsgiving is? Yeah, I think, um, you know, fasting, we generally think of, or we're going to, we're going to fast from food. And, and of course we, we are, we are called to do that on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are, are strict days of fasting. And, then um, you know every Friday night is a, a time of abstinence from from meat, unless we're over sixty two. I guess the the number is, but I, I think that uh, that that fasting reminds us of that you know, we we have we should have an ultimate hunger for God, and um, you know we we don't we don't like to go without food. We you know we're a culture of convenience and instant gratification. You know we have drive up drive up at McDonald's and you know Dunkin' Donuts, and we kind of get what we want. But that that fasting, that going without food or without drink, and especially the food or drink that we most enjoy, reminds us of you know kind of what's what's most important. You know, we're we're mind, body, and soul. And for the body, we need nourishment and and we need to eat. And it's good that we eat those things and drink those things we enjoy, not in excess, hopefully, but in moderation. But when we do without those, when we fast from those things, it reminds us that we are also soul. And that we can fill our bodies with the goodness of God in other ways, you know, and, and that, that's a kind of a, you know, good segue into prayer. But, you know, fasting also could be in some of the things that we, you know, give up, like, you know, I'm going to fast from, you know, maybe have a, a, a little bit of a potty mouth, you know, or, you know, maybe I, I'm kind of quick to use the Lord's name in vain. And I need to fast from that. You know, St. Paul says that there's no name on heaven uh, in heaven or, or on earth or above earth or under the earth by which we are saved, you know, and 
know, maybe fast from the times that, you know, you maybe you're a very kind of discouraging person or maybe you are quick to, to put somebody down. Well, fast from that. Rather, be quick to compliment them. Be quick to, to encourage them and, you know, to support them. So I don't think that necessarily, other than what the church, by her law, you know, says that we are to fast and abstain from, uh, I think that, that we can fast and abstain from things that, that are, are sinful in our life, you know. Um, it could be a, a particular sin that, uh, you know, it was really difficult for us to give up, but, you know, this is the time to do it. You know, it's, it's that first reading from Isaiah that we hear again every, you know, every Ash Wednesday is, you know, now is the appointed time, you know, blow the trumpet, you know, prepare the, prepare the, uh, the fast. Um, this is the acceptable time. And, uh, and it, it is a time of grace. So I think the Lord, you know, we ask the Lord to pour out this, 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 in this time, this grace upon us that we really can and discipline ourselves and to, uh, to give up uh, maybe a particular sin that seems to possess us, you know, all sin is demonic, you know, all, you know, all sin is kind of a form of mini possession, but God's grace can, you know, in Christ conquer that. We can't do it alone, but, um, you know, but think of uh, in Lent, I'm going to, Really make a concerted effort using God's grace to uh, to fast from 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 this particular vice or sin of mine, and in those forty days, you'd be surprised that you can carry it on because you've been disciplined. After, you know, it's like kind of like training the soul. You know, athletes train their body. You know, and you go to the gym and you can only do uh, you know so many pull ups a couple. But after forty days, if you you know, we're preparing your body for uh, an athletic event or just uh, you know, to be more in shape. You go, you're going to find yourself at the end of that time being able to do three times or four times uh, the number of push-ups or pull-ups that you did because you trained. I think in many ways, Len, is that time of, of spiritual training and discipline that can extend beyond just, you know, the, the 40 days that the church calls us to this time of um, you know, more intense penitential practice. But it's tough, you know. Fasting is tough. I don't like to be hungry, and when we talk about fasting from food. I, you know, I get grumpy. I, I know myself. Angry, you know? definitely Absolutely. get angry. And I have to guard against that, and especially you know, coffee. You know, I'm I'm an addict. I um, probably drink a, at least a pot of coffee a day. When you, I am right there with you. <laughs> I have three little boys, so I am constantly drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. So giving up something that's easy, like I, I'm kind of a bad Catholic. I don't like seafood. I don't like fish. So in, in many ways, Friday is difficult for me because like, well, what am I going to eat? But if I were to give up coffee or ice cream, my parishioners know that Turkey Hill chocolate peanut butter ice cream is like my favorite. It's in, it's in the freezer perpetually. <laughs> so to give that up, yes. You know, or potatoes. So I, I'm praying about this. You know, what Now, do I want to give up all those things that I enjoy? You know, probably not because then... It's so difficult, you know. It should be difficult, but it has to be reasonable that you're going to be able to do it. You know, it's getting Mr. Wonderful. What are you going to do? Well, something that yeah, it's going to be tough, but with God's grace, I'm going to be able to do it. And if and if you do, you know, if you do drop the ball, if you do fall, and you you know you eat something or do something that you gave up, then. I think the the devil tempts us. Well, that you already you know, this was forty days, and day three you already did this, or you already ate this, and we have a tendency to say, "Oh, well, then I just forget about it." No, we have to continue on. There's there's a a couple of really great quotes that I found on on fasting, and 
uh, one is Thomas Aquinas. He says, fasting is directed to two things, the deletion of sin and the raising of the mind to heavenly things. John Christum says, fasting of the body is food for the soul. Fasting of the body is food for the soul. Finally, Flannery O'Connor says, I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. Please help me push myself aside. So I think Lent is a time of, you know, getting to know God better. We have to get out of the way. And I think through sacrifice like fasting, we, you know, it helps us to get out of the way and let God fill us with those things that he wants to fill us with. What about something like almsgiving? What is that? How does that pertain to our Lenten observance? Yeah, I think it's a, a, a time of, you know, charity, which again is getting out of the way and uh, taking care of another. And that charity helps us to to be more like God. You know, God, St. John says God is love. When we love, my parishioners are probably tired of hearing me say this, but we participate in the divine. You know, we are like God when we when we love, especially in a, in a selfless way. When we're giving something and we don't expect anything in return. If we get something in return, fine, you know, but um, that we expect nothing. So I think that, that almsgiving is, is a time to go closer to God because we, we are more like God and realizing that there are, are legitimate needs out there uh, to, to help others. It's a very beautiful time to give. I think Advent shares this in terms of almsgiving. We think of that in, Lent, in Advent. Christmas is giving of oneself because God gave the world the greatest gift that he could give us, and that is Jesus. So I think it's a time to come out of ourselves, and, and, uh, and it's, it's part of the sacrifice that we you know, sometimes have to dig deep or should dig deep. You know, a lot of times we uh, think in Lent, almsgiving is you know, not giving where it's kind of easy, but giving where it is sacrificial. You know, the DOS's annual campaign, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, dig deep and, and see all the, the good things that, that benefit and all, the, all the, the people that benefit from that campaign. If we can give more than, you know, $50 or $10, then we should, you know, we should give because then it's, then it's truly sacrifice. So we give off of our surplus. Uh, what kind of really merit is that? So I think charity is is um, a good tenant in, in this in this season that um, we we are more like God and also I think in charity we we make those sacrifices. The big question at the beginning of Lent is always what are you going to give up yeah. for Lent? Since Lent requires fasting of us, how do you know what to give up? How do you know what to fast from? Yeah, I think the, the the church tells us that we you know we do have to. You know, fasting and abstinence are are are, are different. You know, abs- abstaining from meat, of course, those um, those days, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and and um, abstaining from meat every Friday in Lent. Unless sometimes there's a solemnity on Fridays, right, where it's a, the solemnity of Saint George. And I don't think this this Lent, but uh, if it's a solemnity, then you know we are dispensed from that that fasting and abstinence. But so abstinence in terms of meat, we we're required. But yeah, like what should we what should we fast from? I, I think again, you know, something that we really like something that is going to be going to be difficult to do if it is a you know it does again it doesn't have to be a food or a drink but it could be a certain vice or a certain sin or, or a certain habit but i think we have to really pray about it you know we have to ask the holy spirit you know what what is it that um is going to is going to to help me to to deny myself you know jesus says deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me and so this is this is a time to to follow jesus uh, through sacrifice and through, um, you know, through through giving up. 
So what is it? Come Holy Spirit and fill my heart, you know, fill my mind. What is it that I that I give up that will better discipline my my soul? I think for each person it's it's different. And a lot of people are they're giving up candy, but okay, that that's okay if that's difficult for you. And it is, you know. People say, Well, you're giving up candy again, or you know, Father Clark, you're giving up ice cream again. Well, yeah, because that's difficult for me to that's difficult for me to do. Giving that up is is a, a denial of myself. And every time I, you know, want to go to the freezer and eat that ice cream. Oh no! And so maybe it could be a time where that you uh, instead you you spend a time in a time in prayer. And I think prayer it, it, it doesn't have to be where you're you know you're praying. We're not not everybody's called to be a monk, and uh, you know. But I think you need I think Lent calls for a certain period of prayer each day. You know, God doesn't necessarily expect that. You're going to be able to pray an hour a day if you can. And many, many of our Catholics, and uh, and especially I think our, our clergy, and also people in, uh, in religious life or in, in third orders, spend that that hour of prayer a day, maybe even an hour, a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And um, you know that's something that if you could do that, then that great. But you know, a lot of people can't do that with a work schedule and in the family. But a, a period of time a day that is set aside in the morning or in the evening, or it could be in the afternoon that. You know, God doesn't need a lot of time you know, to to speak to you. A little bit of prayer goes. Uh, it's not. It's not really about the the quantity as much as it is the quality. It's kind of like a, to use a food analogy. I, I sometimes say at a buffet, there's a lot of food there. There's a lot of food. People say, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of food there, but it's kind of low quality. Not everything is good. So I know for me, well, I have my certain things that I like, and I pick those, and they're the only things that I eat. Uh, you know, buffet has has quantity, but not always quality. The smaller a buffet is, and the more more quality. It's kind of like you know, I think in prayer, it doesn't have to be quantitative. We say, hey, you know, the, I'm my first hours or my first minutes of the day or hour is going to be dedicated and given to God, or the last minutes of the day during this Lenten season, you know, ten twenty minutes is going to be given to God. Where I, you know, maybe even decide in prayer just to, to maybe pray morning, and you know, you're not necessarily called or obligated to do the uh, the, the divine office, you know, the breviary because you're not a cleric or you're not religious or you're not a Carmelite or a third order. Well, no, you're not obligated, but maybe in Lent, you know, you could you could do that as a form of of prayer. We've unfortunately run out of time. But if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos, or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.